This is Every Lady Needs a Hobby. A Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries podcast. I'm Genevieve. And I'm Mackenzie. And this week we're talking about Season 2, Episode 1. Murder Most Scandalous. Most Scandalous. I love this episode. It's so great. I think I've watched the fan dance like probably 20 times. (laughs) It's just so good. And like she's so good at fan dancing. (laughs) Yeah, after just one lesson. Only I mean, I was thinking about that, and I think she already had some skills and just needed to learn how to apply them properly for the fan dance. Yeah, I think the dance itself probably doesn't actually involve that much skill. It's more about the, uh, you know, the showmanship that Miss Fisher clearly possesses, so. Right, I think that's some, some skills she already had, and she's just applying them to the fan dance. Yeah. Um, um, we also get some great Jack faces in this episode. So many Probably good some ones. Of my favorite. Oh yeah, and then there's the <laughs> whole Jack takes. <laughs> yeah, and then there's the whole Rosie subplot. It's just a good one all around. Oh man, and the ending where Friday's just like talking about Rosie's new fiance is so great. So Anyways, good, so good. Lots of things to love about this episode. Um, yes. And as we've discussed before, this is the best undercover Friday episode. I think so for sure. Yeah. Um, so the cold open of this episode is a woman arriving back home and then trying desperately to get into a locked room, which contains a scandalous scene. (laughs) A little bit. Yes. A man passed out on a chair, um, and a dead woman, uh, laid on the rug with like a curtain tassel around her neck and blood seeping under the door. Uh. Which, it was a lot of blood. Like, I don't actually think... Given the murder method, there would have been quite so much blood pooling out under the door. But yeah, you're right. Because they say that, like, it, the nosebleed is due to the strangulation, which, like, I mean, I get a lot of nosebleeds, and it, it's never that much blood. It was a lot, like, yeah. I'm not sure I could even fill, like, an eighth of a cup with the amount of blood that I get from a nosebleed. Like... <laughs> Much less, like, at least a court oozing under the door. Anyways. Yeah. This is TV, not real life, so. Um, Yeah, so that's that. And also, the the man who's, like, passed out in the chair, I believe we've seen him before. Mm. We have. Have we? Mr. Sanderson. Yes, it is. Uh, Wait, have we? Is this the first episode where we meet him, though? It might be. I mean, we know he's the deputy commissioner, or do we? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not actually sure he's played a part before this episode. I feel like I know him, but it's because I've watched this episode many times. Hmm. Listeners, let us know if you know. <laughs> um, so then the next scene, Miss Fisher is taking tango lessons in a silly hat. <laughs> it's so It's just, it's a bad hat. Yeah, I don't love the hat, like, tied under the chin. Um, and she's clearly, like, completely infatuated with her instructor. Is his name Carlos? Yeah, I think so. And for some reason, Dr. Mac is there and she's just watching. Like, she's just looking sort of disinterested. Why is she there? I don't understand. You know, she's hanging out with Phryne and then the salsa instructor arrives and she's just like, keeps hanging out. I guess so. I just like, can you imagine calling me up and being like, you want to come over and watch me like, I fuck my dance instructor? (laughs) (laughs) I don't she watched that part yeah the dancing well there was no i mean there were there were eye fucking there was some serious smoldering looks happening anyway so then they're interrupted by the arrival of dot's sister quote unquote lola uh who wants a murder investigated her friend lavinia 
And she's, like, the exact opposite of Dot in every way. She's, like, very made up and wearing this, like, really great hat. And Dot, I think they on purpose make Dot look, like, extra dowdy in this episode. Yeah, I think that cardigan you hate, like, rears its ugly head again. Oh, yes, it does. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it does. And Lola wears a lot of great outfits throughout the episode, and I wish that they could, Mm -hmm. like, have, maybe, like, they could rekindle a Dot-Lola relationship later in the season and have Lola, like, upgrade Dot's fashion, but I don't think we ever see her again. Again, do we? I don't think so. What if we? Okay, another spinoff idea: Lola doing a makeover show for all the like servants, and she could make over uh, Sess and Bert. She could make over Dot. <laughs> I see some potential there, Mr. Butler. Mr. Butler. <laughs> So then next up, we go to City South, and a woman arrives at the station and starts like frantically asking after Jack. Turns out it's his ex-wife, Rosie. Dun dun! Drama! (laughs) Um, And she's concerned about the fact that her father was just found with a dead woman locked in his library with him. Shocker! Most scandalous. Indeed, most scandalous. So this prompts Jack to take over the investigation, and he shows up at Mr. Sanderson's house at the same time as Miss Fisher, and he looks... (laughs) Extremely nonplussed that she is there, and not for the <laughs> usual reasons. <laughs> what could it be? Oh, I love again how he just like he just takes charge, and like when he comes into the house, and the like police officer is already there, and it's just like kind of filling him in, and then he's like, "All right, I'll be taking all of that." <laughs> It's just, like, I love it when Jack takes charge like that. Oh, yeah. He just puts that gossipy cop right in his place. exactly. Strong arms the case away from him. We also find out in this scene, it's confirmed that George Sanderson is, in fact, the deputy commissioner of police. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then they go upstairs to the scene of the crime, where there's a decanter of port, and um, they all, like, smell it and report that it smells of licorice and aniseed. Um, it's, it's interesting that they, they say it smells of licorice and anise seed because that's the same smell. Or are they slightly different and Franny was correcting Jack? I think that's what it was. Okay. Um, and then I didn't, I didn't actually look this up, but the laudanum that was put in the port probably smells, is like derived from anise seed. I should look that up. I think laudanum is derived from poppies. <laughs> Right, it's it is an opium. opium. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe it smells like licorice. I don't know, or maybe it's just a remarkably complex port with notes of anise. <laughs> <laughs> this reminded me of, and forgive me for bringing this up every week, but this reminded me of the scene in the Harry Potter movie, um, <laughs> The Half Blood Prince, where Ron gets poisoned, and then they're all standing around in his around his bed in the hospital, and they're like sniffing this like decanter of whatever they drank that. I don't know, like whiskey or something. And Dumbledore's like, ooh, it has striking traces of licorice and cherry, but it's laced with poison. Just, I don't know, (laughs) sort of the same same scene, basically. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Anyway, so Miss Fisher, one step ahead, knows who the victim was already. It's Lavinia, Lola's friend. She's a hostess at the Imperial Club. Um, and then they're having sort of a, a faces two inches apart moment when Rosie bursts in um, to interrupt for an awkward in- introduction. And we find out. So, and 
she gets her face really close to Jax to tell him that Lavinia is Dot's sister. Mm. It's not, like, it's a little bit, like, secret, but, like, it's totally unnecessary that she gets her face that close to him to give him this information. <laughs> it is unnecessary. I feel like that's some kind of, like, technique from, you know, how to win friends and influence people. So, like, <laughs> lean in close and speak softly so people feel like you're telling them a secret. You well, know? Friday has taken that lesson to heart. Yeah. The conspiratorial tone is something she excels at. <laughs> Uh, and then this, and then, is, this is also a memorable scene where Jack introduces Rosie as his wife. I mean, ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Hugh, it's like the whole scene is so awkward. And Hugh, like, gives this little throat clear when he comes Because <laughs> he sees that, like, Jack and Friday are, like, starting their little, like, bickering. Like, this is my crime scene. No, this is my crime scene. And then he's like, Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Um, and then after Rosie leaves, there's just, like, you know, some extremely uncomfortable moments where Franny brings over, a, a, like, a family photo. And, you know, she just loves making it worse. So. Yeah. And, and why, anyways, she just, I, she's just having fun with it. But it, it's so awkward. <laughs> and then I also noticed in the scene that the, na- like, Jack and Rose is the same names as the couple from the Titanic. So I have in my notes that they were doomed from the start. Oh, my gosh. that's funny and you know what it was rose probably just wouldn't let him get up on that piece of wood with her she just let him drown you know i recently saw something that was like some myth buster type thing that was like no 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 i've done careful analysis and they both couldn't have been on that piece of wood it was not large enough i think i watched the same one Um, well, the, the photos of the crime scene show that the woman was definitely dead. Whether Jack and the Titanic was really dead or needed to die, Lavinia was dead. Exactly. And Jack says that Sanderson had enemies and Jack doesn't seem to want to blame Sanderson for the murder. Yes. He thinks he was framed. I believe he states in this, in this scene. Um, and then they interview the housekeeper and she lists off all the people who've been by the house, like Baker, electrician, the fishmonger, blah, blah, blah. Um, she says she was at the movies. She's kind of mad that they want to see her ticket to prove it. And also she reveals that that door was bolted from the inside. Dun dun! How could it be? I actually have written in my notes, dun dun, because I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) By that predictable? Yes, yes, I am. Oh, well, I mean, it was the perfect moment, so... Predictability is what our listeners love about us. I guess. Predictable dun-duns and jokes. This is also a very predictable murder mystery trope where it's like, and the door was locked from the inside. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. The plot thickens. I guess so. Um, So then um, Miss Fisher tells Jack about erotic asphyxiation (laughs) and suggests that Sanderson killed himself with remorse after accidentally choking out this prostitute, Lavinia. (laughs) Which is just, she just, I mean, I know it's like the scene of a crime, but she seems so, like, pleased that she gets to describe this. Yeah. She's like, the little death. And Jack's like, tell me again, you you put a rope around your (laughs) neck and then... <laughs> oh man. A, a clandestine daily has gone wrong. Did you learn about this in Paris, Miss Fisher? <laughs> <laughs> she she must have cuz she she calls it le petit mort, like the little death and in French though. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> so then um on the way to the hospital, 
uh, paparazzi are accosting Jack about the case. Um, and Jack's going to visit Sanderson, um, who claims he only remembers having a drink alone in his office after the housekeeper left. And that's all he remembers until he woke up in the hospital. Which, like, you definitely think at this point that he's lying, but it turns out later he's not. Like, he is not telling Jack the whole truth, but he really did just, like, take this port and pass out, so. Yeah. I'm excited to rewatch the rest of the season because I know that this is, um, you know, this gets linked back to Mm -hmm. because I don't, I just don't really remember how exactly it's, if they're related at all or are they not? I don't think, I don't think they're really related. It's just we meet some characters in this episode that we meet later. Right. Um, Yeah. Well, and I think maybe the box of, like, evidence or the secret register is referenced obliquely, but I don't think it plays a major plot point again. Right. Well, we'll find out. Um, Or maybe it... Anyways, yeah, it's been a while since I watched the season, so maybe I'm just forgetting. So, Sanderson claims that he's worked hard to stop the exploitation of these poor women, um, and he's just ruffled some feathers by cracking down, so he, you know, thinks he was framed as well. Um, and I'll say that he's taking a suspiciously moral stance against brothels. Indeed, he is. Note that one for the future, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then just at this moment, Rosie arrives on the scene to introduce us to her disgusting fiance, Sidney Fletcher. He has the creepiest mustache imaginable. Gross. <laughs> um, um, oh wait, sorry. We also learn that during the raids, and this is important to the murder, um, and the other brothels, that a man was shot during one of those raids. Oh yes, that's true. Yep. I forgot about that. Um, and then Jack question Sydney because he was apparently the last person to see Sanderson that night and they'd played some you know some posh golf presumably like the good old boys club and uh Sanderson wasn't quite himself he triple bogeyed the ninth hole god forbid and Jack's like I assume that's not a good thing (laughs) which means that Jack doesn't play golf which is sort of endearing to me (laughs) yeah me too because like golf But I assume this was part of why Rosie thought he wasn't ambitious enough. Yeah, maybe. He wasn't out there on the links, you know? Yeah. Are we supposed to think, I mean, was Rosie, like, was Sanderson and Rosie, were they supposed to be wealthier than Jack? Because he's just kind of like a working class guy, right? Whereas Sidney Fletcher is clearly, like, uh, you know, pretty flush. Right, and Sidney Fletcher is her cousin, though they're not related by blood. I'm not sure how that works, but whatever you want to say, I guess. (laughs) Well, you spin it, Sidney? Yeah. It couldn't be one of those, like, cousins where it's sort of, like, in your family, but not, like, I don't know. Yeah. I think he explains how, but I, I didn't catch it, so. Yeah. So then Miss Fisher is talking to Madame Leone from the Imperial Club, um, telling her she wants to investigate the murder on behalf of Lola. And the madam is pretty skeptical. She likes to keep everything kind of quiet. Um, but Miss Fisher convinces her to let her go undercover. <laughs> Uh, it's fan dance time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then I think this is when she tells Dot to uh, call Carlos. We need him back immediately. <laughs> Emergency lesson. Um, also, Madam Leon tells Phryne that she doesn't think that, like, Sanderson was frequent. Like, Sanderson wasn't a regular customer or anything. So then um, Jack and Hugh head back to the station, and on their way, a bunch of, like, angry women accost them about how they, basically, I think, how they haven't yet arrested Sanderson when he clearly committed this murder. (laughs) And then the 
chief commissioner calls to also demand that Sanderson be arrested. Now, why would he be interested in that? Now, I don't actually understand why that. Well, they don't actually directly explain this. Yeah. So then back at Miss Fisher's house, Dr. Mack is revealing that Sanderson had overdosed on way too much laudanum. And Dot is measuring Miss Fisher for some fans, which she thinks will be far too large and cover up the rest of Franny's costume. Oh, Dot. <laughs> um, my, my notes, I have that Mac, and she was doing this earlier in the episode. She's like kind of curled up in a chair, which is how she usually is when she's at Miss Fisher's house. And I love this because I feel like I'm sort of like that. Like, I hate just sitting normally in a chair. I want to like draw my legs up or curl up anyways oh yeah i'm the same way and she's doing it in the first scene too she's sitting sideways in the chair yeah she just has her legs like up over the arms and then this one she has her feet under her like with her shoes on and on this fancy chair but (laughs) um so then i think the dance instructor arrives oh no wait first they discuss the nosebleed so mac thinks that the victim's nosebleed could be caused by strangulation which confirms miss fisher's uh erotic strangulation theory uh, and, Which is a red herring. Yeah. Well, kind of. I mean, is that is that how he kills her? He does strangle her, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it's not. But it's not erotic. It's not for sex reasons. <laughs> it is not for sex reasons. So then, then Carlos, the dance instructor, arrives for lessons. And I'm just wondering, like, why couldn't they find someone hotter for this role? I know, like, Friday gives this, like, deep sigh. She's like, oh. Like, she obviously finds this man incredibly sexy, and, like, he's not. No, he's not. not. I mean, I get that he's a dance instructor, which is kind of cool, but, like, come on. But in and of itself, is that sexy? I don't think so. No, no. Anyways, it's doing it for Friday, apparently. Yeah, because she she thinks they need a whole hour for taking a break. Yeah, yeah. So then um, Hugh and Jack arrive at the Imperial Club for some big time investigating and no one. Also, it's like a smoky night. So, you know, they're heading to the bad side of town. Oh, yeah. And I love that, like, jazz music starts playing and you just know, like, we're having a good time. Also, like, absolutely no one is pleased to see them. There's just like, clearly men are like leaving left and right as they see Hugh's uniform. Why didn't he do some un- undercover work? Like, did he have to be wearing his constable's uniform? I don't, they just stride in there. Jack like flashes his badge at the door. Cause the, the bouncer, the like really scuzzy, like slicked back bouncer is like, are you guys members? And Jack's like, no, but will this get me in? <laughs> like, flashes his badge. I'm like, all right, Jack, come on. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit of a dick move. <laughs> We, I think we've all wanted to do that at one point or another. Flash a police badge to get into a brothel. Oh, just have somebody be like, you can't come into this club. And then you just like whip something out that guarantees you entry and be like, how about now? <laughs> <laughs> just me? Okay. <laughs> I Yeah, I haven't particularly thought about that. Yeah. Mostly because I don't have anything that would ever like actually grant me entry somewhere yeah i can't think of anything (laughs) with no questions asked. i'm just picturing myself like whipping out my id and being like see that i'm an organ donor how about now you know and they just be like still no still still it's still a no (laughs) i also all the guys and i think this is probably on purpose but it's just like a lot of really unattractive men (laughs) They're all just, like, particularly weird-looking. Oh, well, maybe that's why they're at a brothel. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. 
So then um, Lola sees Hugh and immediately starts sort of hitting on him. And um, <laughs> I actually love Lola's dress and her little like hairpin yeah. thing in this scene. I think she looks great. I, I guess I, I guess she's supposed to look trashy, but I mean, you know. Well, I don't know. This isn't a really trash. It's a very classy like dance club slash brothel. Yeah, it's, I guess it's supposed to be a high end club, members yeah, only. Exactly. Um, and then the the girls all claim that none of them saw anything last night. They were all very busy, very very busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the madam makes some veiled threats to Jack about how he really needs to lock up the culprit. Yep. And then Hugh takes a statement from the doorman, I think, at this point. He didn't see anything. And he says that Madam Leon has a very complicated relationship with the police. And all I could think of was, like, Madam Leon on Facebook in a relationship status that says, it's complicated. (laughs) (laughs) The Melbourne Police Department. She kind of seems like maybe she'd be the type to post one of those ambiguous statuses that's like, some people don't know how to mind their own business. And then you're like, who is it? What is it? Please tell me. And then you read all the comments for a clue, but there's nothing. <laughs> she would definitely be that person. Yeah. Um, so then while Hugh is interviewing the doorman, Dot arrives with the fans that she's made. Um, Sess and Bert give her a ride, but they offer to deliver the fans as well. But she'll be just fine. She doesn't need any help. I love this too, because it's another instance of Dot, like, stepping out of her comfort zone and, like, just, you know, she could have just let Bert and Sess do it because, like, she doesn't want to see her sister in this environment. It makes her really uncomfortable, but... You know what? For Miss Fisher, she'll do anything. Wait, before we move on to what's like the best part, and this is just a minor thing, did we talk about how when Lavinia is like hitting on Hugh, she's like, oh, I love a man in uniform. There's so many buttons to undo. (laughs) And she's like caressing his like constable's jacket. And I'm like, that is literally the most unattractive (laughs) jacket. Oh, you don't like it? I mean, I don't mind it. I don't find it like particularly sexy, but... I don't. I don't actively dislike it. <laughs> All those buttons to undo. <laughs> As we know, this was before the invention of the zipper. So ad- accurate. <laughs> so anyway, while Hugh is interviewing the doorman, Dot arrives with the fans to deliver to Miss Fisher. Sess and Bert have driven her, and they would love to deliver the fans, but she, you know, she brushes them off. They should wait for her, and she wants to go in deliver the fans herself. <laughs> And so she goes into the club and is intercepted by Hugh, who's downstairs talking to the doorman, and she just completely ignores him as he urges her not to go inside because it's no place for her. And just He has like his his typical Hugh overreaction where he's like, Dottie, Dottie, what are you doing here? Dottie <laughs> Dottie, Dottie, no. Um so then back upstairs, uh there's some fantastic belly dancing going on. Um and I guess the, you know, our boys were want to, they list off all the people they want to interview. And then the doorman gives them the club register. And right as they uh, are sort of getting ready to leave, uh, Lola comes and hits on Hugh some more. And unfortunately, Dot witnesses this and is pretty pissed about it. And all of this wraps up just in time for <laughs> the big dance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'll note that 
Jack and Hugh, they've completed their business at this point. Like, they've gotten the register, they've interviewed the doorman, Madame Leon has, like, basically refused to give them anything more. They're, they've come up with a plan to bring people in for interviews, and, like, they could leave, but they don't. Oh, yeah. They stay for the main event. They, they could absolutely <laughs> leave. Um, and so, Madame Leon announces Miss Lulu Larita, who... It's not immediately obvious who she is because her face is covered by the fans. But as she uncovers her face and when Jack realizes that it's Miss Fisher, the look on his face is priceless. It's, it's so good. Oh, my God. And then Bert and Seth arrive and everyone is just watching with absolute shock. And it's just like a fantastic tableau of reaction faces happening. I, and Jack, like... At first, he's, like, smirking, and then he's, like, full-on grinning by the end. It's so great. Oh, my gosh. Yep. I loved it. I mean, the whole dance is so great. I'm pretty sure after I watched the first time, I immediately Googled, like, where to take burlesque lessons. I was like, I must perform this dance. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, it's so good. And it's just... Like, Friday's definitely, like, basically topless. <laughs> like, everyone is just there. Like, her employees, like, Jack and Hugh. And she does not care. No, she doesn't mind. Sess and Bird. I mean, the only person missing is Mr. Butler. But I think Mr. Butler would have averted his eyes, you know? He would have. Um, he's that kind of guy. He wouldn't have watched a thing like that, yeah. Is she wearing, she's wearing, like, a necklace, right? And then, like, some sort of fancy underwear. yeah. She has, like, a little, like, beaded skirt thing on. Yeah. And then, like, a back necklace thing. Right. And then I think maybe some, like, pasties. You think she has pasties on? I think so. I guess we'll never know. But I don't know, because we don't actually see. Yeah. We'll never know. Well, I mean, they just don't do it like this anymore, do they? It's nothing like a good old striptease burlesque show. I mean, I think some people do it. Yeah, but it's much less common, right? You know? Yeah, I think so. It's more of a dime. Like, I don't think if you went to, like a quote-unquote gentleman's club, you would see this kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) Um, So then Dot storms off angrily, and um, Hugh thinks it's because she's upset by Miss Fisher's performance, but (laughs) Hugh, er, Jack informs Hugh that it's probably because Dottie just witnessed her sister running her hands all over Hugh, (laughs) her fancy man, so... Oh, man. And Jack, I also note that at the end of Friday's fan dance, Jack claps. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. He just gives a little, like, polite applause. Oh, my God. His smirk throughout is just classic. It's so good. It's so good. I mean, somebody give this man an Emmy. Like, what an actor. I know. Um... So then backstage at the club, Lulu, a.k.a. Miss Fisher, is doing some investigating, like, a.k.a. unsubtle questioning with unsubtly fake Spanish accent. <laughs> it's so, it's so bad. <laughs> like, she, typical, like, undercover Friday, she just goes right for the hard-hitting questions, like, immediately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently Lavinia had a private high-end appointment, which I guess was against the rules, and then uh, she also goes, Miss Fisher also goes downstairs to question the doorman. And he kind of seems like a bad liar. That seems obvious yeah. right away that he's lying about something. Um, and then he also reveals that the cops' previous raids on the club were to get their hands on the club register. But they won't have any luck with that because there's a second uh, secret register, which is very valuable. 
Um, yeah, I like how Franny, when she's talking to the doorman, her first question, she's like, and you have, in her, like, Spanish, Spanish accent, she's like, and you have been here how long? And I'm like, come on, that's like, it's just, like, so obviously, like, and how long have you been working? And what were you doing last night? That was, like, a Russian accent. I don't know why. (laughs) Say, around ten (laughs) o'clock. Oh, man. Okay, so then back at the station, Miss Fisher is updating Jack with what she's found out. Um, he also reports he doesn't think fan feathers would work for him as an investigative tactic. Uh, yeah, she, he's like, oh, you're way ahead of where I am, but I, I couldn't use the fan feathers. <laughs> I mean, I'd watch him do a fan dance. Hell, I'd, I'd watch that. I know. That's that's what I have in my notes. Give yourself more credit, Jack. It's worth a shot. <laughs> So then they also reveal the headlines, which are all screaming for Sanderson's arrest. And we find out that the laudanum was in both the decanter and the glass, which is suspicious if this was, in fact, a remorseful suicide attempt. Right. Uh, Because, oh, and they they don't know whether Lavinia drank any because they don't have the results from the coroner yet. Mm, Yes. Uh, So then back at the house, Dot... Oh, wait, wait, wait. First, then, so they don't have the results from the coroner, and Jack says, or maybe Friday says, but they're like, uh, well, I'll see you at the morgue. Oh, yeah. They set a date to meet at the morgue. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, you know... The, the like 20 years from now they'll be like you know eating dinner together and they'll be like do you remember our first date at the morgue <laughs> we were examining that corpse bitten by a spider <laughs> anyway uh, our first crime scene <laughs> um so then back at the house dot is receiving a little education about what goes on at a gentleman's club and you know Spoiler alert, it's not just burlesque dancing. <laughs> what? So she literally did not realize that her sister was, in fact, a hooker. Uh, no. And now she's worried about what Hugh will think. And Miss um, Fisher is like, it's fine, whatever. Uh, but also make sure to, to make clear that she, while she is going undercover as a prostitute, is not actually prostituting herself. <laughs> Yes, she definitely makes that distinction. Which I think is important because it's sort of, otherwise it would be sort of unclear. Although she does also say that, like, basically she doesn't really have a problem with it. Yeah. She just prefers not to get paid. Yeah. And then she also urges Dot to make up with her sister since, you know, they are family. So. And sisters are a precious commodity. Yeah. And then Friday gets all dewy-eyed. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um... So then back at the station, it's late at night, and Jack appears to be leaving, which I think we all know is some kind of a ruse, because obviously he lives there. <laughs> so He never leaves work. Where could he be going? Maybe down to the chip shop to get uh, some dinner. But anyway, there's a man <laughs> suspiciously crouching behind a car, and he gives Jack a good whack on the back of the head and then jumps into a getaway car. Um, and Jack manages to capture the license plate number of the getaway car, nevertheless, as, um, Hugh rushes to his aid. And my thought on watching this scene was that, like, sometimes in TV and movies, if someone received a blow on the head of this nature, they would be immediately dead. But Jack is not dead. He's, like, gets up immediately and reads the license plate number. Yeah, I mean, I guess it all depends on what best serves the plot. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then we never really do anything with this. They don't really look up the license number. That's kind of it. 
Yep. Yeah. Um, so then, once again, back to Miss Fisher's house. Dot has apparently taken Miss Fisher's advice and invited Lola over to, for tea. Um, and Lola brings Dot a present for all the birthdays she forgot. It turns out to be a Bible. Awesome gift, Lola. Really creative. Um, <laughs> and Also, Dot is wearing, for contrast, this really horrid, horrid, like, cardigan lace collar combo. And, oh, it's just the worst. Oh, yeah. I hate it. I hate it. This was, um... It's- yeah, this is a runner-up for me for worst outfit of the week. Spoiler alert, this is my worst outfit. <laughs> um, so then um, Dot offers to help Lola find another job, and Lola's like, bitch, I have a great job. I do not want another one. So they argue, and then Dot throws a teacup at her, and Lola storms off. So that went well, you know? I think it went yeah, well. Yeah, successful tea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also, an important clue is dropped in this scene where um, Lola mentions that Lavinia had been saved. So Right. So, at the morgue, Phryne gets there ahead of Jack and is going through the evidence already because this whole episode, she's just a step ahead. <laughs> um, and then Phryne notices that his trousers have been, like, torn and he's just, like, doesn't want to talk about it. Um, again, he's remarkably recovered from his attack, but has apparently not changed his pants because he never goes home. Because he lives at the Um, station. (laughs) He lives at the station because he, yeah, this is the next morning. Anyways, so I also have in my notes that Franny is wearing this really cool necklace in this scene. It's like this huge gold or green stone in like a gold setting. Oh, I missed that. Anyways. So they are looking at the autopsy report and there is no alcohol in the victim's blood, which means that the murderer-suicide theory is not true. Um, And then Franny also finds a crucifix in her things. Um, As noted before, um, Lavinia was saved, so she's kind of become religious. Um, And we also learn from the report that she had skin under her fingernails. Um, And so they think that that might be related to the lacerations on the commissioner, the commissioner's forearm. So then back at the hospital, Jack and Hugh go and look at uh, Commissioner Sanderson's wounds. So there's very deep scratches on the forearm. And he's just like, I have no idea. I don't remember. I didn't kill her. And then Jack arrests him um, based on the evidence of the skin under the fingernails. Yes. And, you know, Um, I've never been clear on this point where George just says, you just do your job, Jack. And is he saying, yes, you should arrest me or no, don't arrest me. I mean, it seems like he's saying, yes, you should arrest me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Because I think he knows that Jack's a good cop and will eventually get to the bottom of it. And there's like all this public outcry. I don't really know why he says that, but I assumed it was because he was expecting Jack to arrest him. Yeah. Um, I also still at this point, <laughs> couldn't remember who the murderer was. Um, Anyways, I'm losing my touch, but I just for some reason, like, had totally... I think it's because I got thrown off, again, this is the second time this has happened, by Sidney Fletcher, because I keep thinking of that other episode that has him in it, which is, like, one of my favorite episodes. A good one, And so I was like, no, it's not this, it's not that episode. It's not. But, anyways. This is, like, 30 minutes in at this point. Yeah, I'm losing my touch. I don't know what's wrong with me. Well, I, I couldn't remember either, and this is actually, I mean, I've... I, this is like the third time I've watched this recently. So I did I did remember this time, but the second time that I watched it, like last month or something, I was like, what the hell is going on here? Because I assumed that it must be Sanderson in some way, but it's, you know, it's not, so. 
Right. Um, anyways, more on that later. Yeah. So then back at the club, Phryne is there wearing her little salsa hat. Oh my god. And her little like her little like ear curl. Oh <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. Ugh, it's the worst. Um, and she's definitely, she's snooping. Like, she's hardcore sneaking around. Oh, yeah, she's um, sniffing around. And so she's trying to get into this, like, office, and the door is locked, so she, like, whips up her skirt and pulls a dagger out of her garter and, like, picks the lock with it, of course. Like, of course she does. Oh, yeah? And then in the room that she un- she picks the lock for, she finds Lola and the doorman getting it off. What? <laughs> Which is a little awkward since Lola's the one that hired her. Yep, that's a little awkward. Um, And then so her and Lola go back to like the dressing room and Lola's like, I'm so confused. I thought I locked the door. (laughs) (laughs) And she also claims that she and the doorman are going to be engaged soon. Which They're about to get engaged. Yeah, which, like, I fucking bet. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I bet that's what he tells everyone. Yeah, also, like, I always I always find this odd because, I mean, what, is, what does that mean? Is that, like, because if you tell someone that you're planning to ask them to marry you, then you're basically already asking them to marry you. So how do you know if you're going to get engaged soon? Unless you're just guessing. I think she's just guessing. Yeah. I don't think this guy had any intention of marrying her. I think she was trying to make herself look better. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, she's already like a prostitute. It's not like Franny's judging her for having sex without being married. Like, I don't, I don't, anyways. Yeah, well. We're about to get engaged. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it's to, to demonstrate the seriousness of their relationship. Right. And we also learn, so Lola also says that he hardly spoke a word to her when he first started because his brother had just been killed. Right. Yeah, that's important. And then Phryne also asks Lola about the cross that she found in Lavinia's things. And Lola tells her that Father Blackburn shows up with his pamphlets and has been trying to convert the girls. And she's also very suspicious, though, because she's like, he wanted to save more than Lavinia's soul. Right. Yeah. I mean, creepy priest. Another classic trope. (laughs) Enter the creepy priest. Yeah. Um, so then Franny calls Jack to tell him about the creepy priest. Yes. And Jack goes to church. I love this scene where in the church, <laughs> Father Blackburn is just like straight up pumping iron in his like <laughs> Cossack or whatever you call it. Yeah. His like priestly robe. It's like you didn't have some Lululemon pants that you could slip on for that. You had to wear your like priest garment. I mean, it'd probably be pretty comfy to work out in because it's kind of like roomy. Yeah, I guess so. Anyways, so he, he's like, ah, oh, it's a it's a habit I picked up when I was a chaplain in the Navy. Oh, God. <laughs> so, <laughs> Franny asked him about Lavinia, and um, we also learn, like, Jack had seen Blackburn in the newspaper being very vocal about arresting Sanderson. Um, so... Blackburn also, so he's sort of like, well, what's the deal with that? And Blackburn's like, well, my way is way better than just raiding the place. Which, I, I, maybe, I don't buy it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then back at the Imperial Club, Jack is back. (laughs) And Friday's, like, sitting at the bar, and he, like, approaches, and she, like, comes on, she, like, pretends to, he's like, hey, Hey, hombre, follow me in her, like, Spanish. Oh, man. It's booth time. (laughs) It's booth time. And Jack just, like, grins again and just follows her away from the bar. Like, he's just, like, I think he's, like, loosening up a bit. Yeah. He's just, like, way more relaxed in this episode than we've we've seen, so. And then I'm... Maybe it's because he saw Rose with her 
little creepy mustache man. Maybe it's, it feels like he's, you know. Yeah, maybe it's because you saw Miss Fisher doing a naked dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So, Friday, like, leads him to this private booth and, like, pulls the curtains on it. <laughs> and they promptly get their faces very close together to discuss the case. Oh, my so, God. And this is so funny. I'm like, is this just, like, a makeout booth? Like, is this a booth you can yes. go in to just make out? Also, yes. like, it's actually quite roomy, and they don't really need to be that close together. Like, No, they never need to be that close together. No, but it's just the magnetism of their connection, I guess. You can't help it, yeah. <laughs> um, so Blackburn claims to have convinced Lavinia to leave the brothel, which Madame Leon would not have been happy about. And then as they're discussing this, someone comes into the booth, like one of the other uh, dancers comes in. Um, and so Friday jumps onto Jack's lap and his face is just like right in her chest. Just right in her, just squished into just her like boob. Just right there. Yes. Oh, man. And then, so the other woman's like, oh, sorry, and like closes it. And Friday's like, that was close. And Jack is like, it still is. Oh, an iconic moment. Iconic. <laughs> and then they just linger there with his face just like right there. Oh, man. Yeah. Give me a good head start. As always. Yeah. And then and then he just seems a little flustered. He like straightens his tongue. Oh, yeah. Afterwards. He clearly needs a moment to uh, collect himself. Uh-huh. <laughs> It reminds me of the scene where he sees the the painting. Oh, yes. It's just just like like, that. Yes. Runs. Runs out. Fantastic. Flees the scene. Oh, Oh, man. All right. So then back at the station, the housekeeper has brought her theater ticket to the station um, to show that she's at the 830 showing of Kid Stakes, which I looked up to find out what it was. Fantastic. And get ready for it. I'm ready. So it was a 1927 black and white silent film based on a comic called Fatty Finn. Um, So Fatty Finn is the six-year-old leader of a gang of kids in Wooloomooloo. They enter Fatty's pet goat Hector into the annual goat derby, but his rival Bruiser Murphy lets the goat loose before the race. And then after a series of adventures... Fatty finds the runaway goat and persuades a friendly aviator to fly him to the racetrack in time for the main event. Wow, that sounds like a seriously fantastic film. And then, for some reason, this film has had... The housekeeper says she was on the edge of her seat. The edge of her seat. Anyways, so the housekeeper was at a movie about goat racing, and then she assures Jack that she knows that that goat racing is illegal. And I just want to know, why is goat racing illegal? Oh my gosh. Well, because it's cruel to those poor goats. <laughs> Maybe they like it. I don't know. Probably. Anyways, Hugh, of course, is like very interested in the plot of this movie. And he's like, no, no, don't tell me what happened. Because he's going to go see it with Dottie on their next night out. Oh yeah. I think Hugh and Dot like going to see some crap movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has come up before. Yes, um, it has. So... So then the housekeeper also mentions that the electric company called and said that someone hadn't checked the meter, like they were going to send someone else to check the meter. And so she's like, so I don't understand why, what that guy two days ago came. Um, anyways, so this is a clue because who was the electrical man? Who could it be? Who could it um, be? Dun-dun, it's a clue. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Back at the crime scene, Franny and Jack are discussing the mysterious electrical man. 
Um, so then they're still wondering, like, if this electrical man murdered Lavinia and drugged Sanderson, how did he get out? Because the door was locked from the inside. But then Friday's just like, well, this door handle is iron instead of brass. How could she tell? on the outside. I don't know. I don't know. I guess brass is a different color, but like, I mean. But it's painted. I think it's painted black. Metallurgy. Miss Fisher's skill of the week. <laughs> yeah, anyways, it's a clue. And there are scratches on the outside as if something flat was dragged across Ugh. the surface. Because obviously you can tell that just from the scratches on the door. Um, anyways, so then she figures out that the lock has been magnetized and demonstrates it with her hat pin. Right. Because it sticks to the door. Um, so then... <laughs> Jack's like, that's remarkable. And Freddy says, thank you. You should see what I can do with a girl. <laughs> and I'm immediately like flashing through my knowledge of everything she's ever done in any episode. And I'm like, has she ever done anything impressive with a garter? And I couldn't think of anything except for the time she shoves her stocking into the exhaust pipe of Jack's car to slow him down. But that's not Wait, a garter. When does that happen? Um, Blood at the wheel. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, we haven't done that one yet. No. I was like, I don't remember that. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, she keeps a dagger in her garter. I think this was just blatant flirting. And she's just, like, up in the ante. Yeah, she's just like, yeah, but you'd love to see my garters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's seen the fan dance. Like, might as well tease him some more with a garter. Oh, reference. yeah. Oh, yeah. Whew. So then Jack goes, after presumably collecting himself again, <clears throat> he goes back to the hospital to see Sanderson or no, not the hospital. Sanderson is in jail. He goes to the jail and lets him out because he says that someone else, like we have evidence that someone else locked you in the library that night. And then Sanderson says, you're a good cop, Jack, and you are a good son-in-law. Oh, yeah. And then Jack looks uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Oh, because of the tattoo thing, right? So they, he lets Sanderson out because the skin under the fingernails had tattoo ink on it, right? Oh, and yeah. I think that, and also because they figured out that someone else locked him in the library. Right, yeah. So, yeah, I think on both counts, they were like, okay. Yes. It doesn't seem like he, he it seems like probably he wasn't lying about not remembering. Yeah. Um. So then, Franny's snooping again at the club. <laughs> yep. Out, sort of, like, lurking outside the entrance. And she, like, snags Lola and asks about the secret register. She really strong arms her into telling her. She really pressures her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just, like, Lola kind of, like, tries to walk away, doesn't want to help. And then she, after finding strong arms her, she reveals that it's not um, really a book of names. It's more things that the girls nick from high-profile clients. So rumor has it there's a cop's badge. Sorry, I'm going to... Rumor has it there's a cop's badge in the secret register from the chief commissioner. Shocking! Um, the very same one who wanted Sanderson arrested. So it's very suspicious. It is indeed. And then she points out that it's kept in a room off Madame Leon's office um, that's really, like, locked up like a safe. Yes. And I think I see a grappling hook in Franny's Oh, yeah. Because it's, like, up on this balcony. Oh, yeah. And of course, of course... We get a grappling hook because that night she brings her grappling hook to the Imperial Club. Put on your black berets, ladies, because it's showtime. And she, of course, successfully hooks the grappling hook over the balcony on the first try and scales up the wall of the club. In heels. In heels. In heels. 
Although I will note that you can tell that the stunt double is not actually wearing heels in one of the shots. Oh, really? It does not look like heels, yeah. Um, so I missed that. Because it would be ridiculous to actually climb a rope yeah. wearing heels. Yeah. Um, so we also get, we get to see that Ma- Madame Leon is in her office, and she hears a noise, pulls a gun out of her drawer, and goes to investigate as Cl- Franny's climbing the rope. And then... Um, once she gets to the, once Franny gets to the roof, she unlocks the, picks the lock on the door and is greeted by the barrel of Madame Leon's rifle. And no, it's not a rifle. It's a pistol. The gun. I just want to note that at the moment where we flash to Madame Leon hearing the grappling hook, she's like looking at some like porny photos. Yeah, she <laughs> is. She's like, you know, doing some research, getting some ideas. Just seeing what the fellas are into these days, keeping it current. Yeah. <laughs> exactly she's doing her job you know yeah um so then friday tackles her and pulls her gun on her but first she um, like weirdly climbs up onto the ledge and i'm like why why are you putting yourself in a more unsafe position miss fisher like get down from the ledge see i think she did that to make when she kind of tackles her it gives her a bigger a better like advantage that's true higher up. yeah she can swoop from above like a hawk Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, once once Friny has her at gunpoint, she she asks her to hand over the box of the secret register, and it is revealed that the box is gone, and that someone stole it, and that that someone was Lavinia. Dun-dun! Dun-dun! Also, like I thought, it was really weird that they went from you know gunpoint confrontations on a rooftop to like now they're just having a drink together like just a little nightcap like madame leon just straight up pours miss fisher a drink and they have a little heart to heart about lavinia's betrayal i'm like okay you were literally just holding a gun on this woman and now you're pouring her a drink but whatever um yeah it's quite the turn of events but i think Partly, like, when they first meet, Madame Leon is like, well, I'm sure you're a lady, but I don't know about the detective bit. And she's just, like, really skeptical of Franny. So maybe this is sort of, like, the point at which Franny proves herself to her. And she's like, okay, maybe I can use your help. Yeah. Because you are breaking into my office? I don't know. Where does she even get her hands on a grappling hook? I was thinking about that, too. I was like, did she just have that in the house? (laughs) I'm like, well, she must have. I guess so. Um, so we find out that Lavinia was sort of the favorite of Madame Leon, and, um, Madame Leon was ill during the raid, um, and so she put Lavinia in charge and gave her the combination to, presumably to, like, get the box and hide it from the police. Um, and then three days before the murder, she discovered that the box was missing, but she didn't really want to believe that it was Lavinia. Like, she didn't really think until later that it was Lavinia. Um, so then... Phryne and Madame Leon wrap up their little heart-to-heart over drinks after being at gunpoint. And Phryne heads to the station and, oh no, this is the next day. Um, she brings one of the other dancers in with some info and she's like still sort of undercover. But, but like not <laughs> very. <laughs> not very. She like starts asking questions. And the woman's like, wait, are you a cop? Yeah, and, like, she basically really like blows her own cover. <laughs> Immediately, yeah. Yeah. And this actually, I think, is where we find out about the skin under the fingernails. So I jumped the gun a little on that. No, we found we found out, out about that at the at the morgue. Oh, okay. This is where we find out that Father Blackburn made an appearance at the Imperial Club the night of the murder. Um, 
And he didn't stay long, and it looked like he'd been drinking. Been on the grog. Oh, no, you're right. This is where we find out about the skin. Yeah. That it had the permanent... We knew about the skin, but this is where we find out it had the permanent ink on it. Yeah. It must be Blackburn, that tattooed, iron-pumping Navy Navy priest. (laughs) (laughs) Although they don't know at this point that he has tattoos. Yeah, they just assume that he must. Assume it, because he's in the Navy. Um, And then Jack... Um, also tells you to, like, see if the electrical man was Blackburn. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, so then Friday and Jack go to question Blackburn, um, and he says he was just dropping off reading material at the club that night. Um, and they wouldn't let him in, so he went to a nearby pub, which is why he'd been drinking. And then he came back at 10, and no one was at the door. So that's also suspicious. Suspicious. Our doorman and Blackburn. The suspects are just piling up at this point. Indeed, indeed. Um, I'll also note this is where Franny starts wearing this really beautiful cream coat. Oh. With, like, a gold design on the collar that, like, continues on the other opposite side down the... Anyways, really beautiful. I guess I missed that. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, anyways, that's a total side note. But Lavinia... So that night, Lavinia told Blackburn that she could get her hand... Oh, no, not that night. This was before. She told Blackburn that she could get her hands on the box... But she took it to Sanderson instead. So she kind of, like, turned on Blackburn, presumably, because she thought she could get money out of Sanderson. Um, and even though she, you know, was saved and had become a, a Christian, she was still pretty interested, it seems like, in getting money for this. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to steal a box full of clues, you might as well get paid, am I right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so then they roll, he, they have Blackburn roll up his sleeves and... He has tattoos. They were right about that, but he does not have scratches yes. on his arms. You know, I couldn't help but think in this scene, like, did they check any other parts of his body for scratches? I mean, like, presumably, because they kind of imply that he's, like, trying to get with Lavinia. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean. I thought that, too. I was like, he might have tattoos on his back, his chest, like. Yeah. But he's ultimately a red herring, so I guess it doesn't matter that much. Yes, he is a red herring. Blackburn the Red Herring. <laughs> Blackburn singing in the dead of night. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> so then, back at the ranch, Dot has fallen asleep in the kitchen after repairing the cup that she threw across the room. Um, also, like, did she just sleep in the kitchen all night? I think so. Ugh, ought to be young. Can you imagine how trash you would feel after sleeping at a table oh all night? Oh my god. It would be horrible. I mean, I feel bad enough when I, like, sleep in a bed that isn't my own bed. I know, right? I feel, <laughs> or, like, just sleep in a funny way with my neck, you know? Yeah. Oh man. Um, anyways, so then her and Mr. B have a heart-to-heart, and she asks if, if he thinks Nell will be forgiven, and he says that he points out that Jesus forgave fallen women, and um, a dot, and then Dot picks up her Bible. A Dot Mr. Butler therapy session, as we yeah. see most weeks. <laughs> they have their little check-in. Yes. So then after their little therapy session, um, Dot picks up the Bible and a note addressed to Lavinia falls out. <laughs> and she says, ah, the only thing my sister's ever given me that's stolen from a dead woman. Well, of course, Dot, because it was necessary to advance the plot. <laughs> Why did you think she was gifting you a Bible? I mean, come on. It's obviously a clue. <laughs> and then Mr. 
Butler says, well, it's the thought that counts, Dorothy. <laughs> Which I think is a very charitable take on this whole thing. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, it is a great gift because it does help them to solve the crime, ultimately. But Right. And it's also probably something Dot will use and enjoy. So, I mean, <laughs> it is, yeah, it's fine. Team Lolo uh, over here, I guess. <laughs> what? Team Lolo over here. Um, All right. Next, I think we go back to the station, right? Correct. So back at the station, Hugh brings in the files from the raids. And then there's a photo of a man named Berkowitz, who is the driver at the Dark Rose, which is presumably another brothel who was fatally shot by police during the raid. Um, And then Dot rushes in with the note and they open it and it says it's a note to bring what you have to Sanderson's address. And it's signed S. Hmm. Dun, dun dun The plot thickens. Yes. Maybe Sanderson was lying. Uh-huh. So they go back to question Sanderson, and he admits that Lavinia had called him, saying she had evidence, that she had the box. And Jack is understandably pretty upset. I would be, for sure. That um, Sanderson has been telling him to do his job, but he has been holding back evidence in the meantime. Yeah. And... Um, Sanderson says that she called with the info, wanted money for it, and he was kind of waiting for her to call him again, so he claims he did not write the note. But he knew the dead woman. He knew the woman that was found dead in his library. Maybe he should have mentioned this sooner. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a pretty big omission, if you ask me. Yeah. Maybe Sanderson, not on the up and up. Yeah. Um, I think back to the station again after this, right? Yes. So Jack says someone must have known Lavinia was going to give the information to Sanderson and didn't want their private info to get out. So Sanderson says that he took his port at nine. So by the time Lavinia arrived, he would have been like out cold, given that there was like opiates in the port. Um, Yes, and the housekeeper would have already left at that point, too. Yep. So the housekeeper's gone, he's taken his port, he's knocked out, and so then it's possible that the murderer was in there waiting for Lavinia. Yes. And kind of set her up. So then Franny pulls out the photo of Berkowitz and says, that looks like the doorman at the Imperial Club. And it's definitely just a photo of that same actor. (laughs) It's definitely a photo of the same guy. But anyways, they're brothers. And he was mysteriously gone at 10 when Blackburn showed up, which is Blackburn's pretty much his only purpose in this. Um, so then the, all the timing could have worked out that he would have left the club before Lavinia, been at Sanderson's, etc. Yes. So they go back to the club. Lola doesn't know where Maury, the doorman, is. He's not there. He said he was going to the shipyards to collect payment for a job. So they race to the shipyard. <laughs> what could the job be? We find him. <laughs> what? what could the job be? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Um, and a chase ensues through, like, the dock buildings that are, like, <laughs> just empty of anybody else. I, it seems like during the day, I don't know why is anybody else isn't at work, but whatever. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> so, so he, like, runs up some stairs and Jack, like, scrambles over some balconies and Maury climbs out on this beam, which seems like a... Anyways, I don't know why he did that. It seemed very dangerous and stupid, but he did. Not a great escape route, really. No. Just open for shots on all sides. Can't move quickly across something like that. I don't know. But maybe he kind of had a death wish at this point. Yeah, or just a flair for the dramatic. Or maybe it's TV and it just made for a better scene. That's true. Yeah, I think you might be right. um, So Friday confronts him with their theory. 
um, that he typed the note for Lola. So she'd go to Sanderson's and she's sort of like, but why? And he says that he wanted to punish Sanderson for his brother's death since his brother was killed by police. Um, And then they're trying to figure out what he did with the box. Um, And he pulls out a lot of cash kind of like to show that he got paid for the box. And it looks like Hugh shoots him um, because he's like pulling the cash out of his wallet and like thinks it's a gun and he falls in this very dramatic pile and just like like it, he falls in this very dramatic fashion and the cat <laughs> sort of like is around him just kind of rains but down. then we see it is revealed that it was not hugh who who um gave the fatal shot it was sanderson he's like standing across with the shot um in a very suspicious then, manner i think yeah which i didn't when i first watched this i thought that sanderson was like in on it the whole time but i i don't think he was i don't i don't know it's confusing. i think it's and they don't really explain it it's certainly designed to make us suspicious <laughs> of him right because i thought oh he paid Ber- he must have been the one who gave berkowitz the money was my fr- when i first watched this i was like oh he must have paid him off like that's why he was there yeah but then i don't think he did like why would he have let him sit why would he have paid someone to st- set him up i don't know frame him for murder but maybe he bought the box from him (gasps) maybe maybe you're right that must be it yeah and then wait that makes way more sense than the conclusion that i came to yeah because he set the whole thing up to get the box interesting yeah that makes way more sense yeah um and so my yeah my thought the first time i watched this episode was correct anyways (laughs) Um, and then they confirm that Berkowitz has scratches on his wrists and tattoos. Yeah. So he's kind of like, it's sign sealed. He's the person who killed Lavinia. I have noted just very confusing ending. <laughs> it is very confusing, clearly. I mean, like, I was trying to pay attention to the whole thing and I missed it. Yeah. So. Um, and then they tell Lola and, and then she's she's really upset that her doorman, almost fiance, is dead. Or that he was a murderer also. She's upset about that. I <laughs> think. <laughs> Probably both things. Yeah. Um, and Dot comforts her. And then back at the station, Rose is sitting in Jack's office. Um, and this is where they have the conversation where she says that she once accused him of a lack of ambition, but that he's a different man these days. Mm, yeah, he's, he's got he's he's got his fight back. I wrote in my notes that he's got his mojo back. <laughs> uh, he definitely does. I think we see that for sure in this episode. Yeah. Um, and she chalks it up to maybe it's escaping a marriage that didn't suit you. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of a backhanded then, compliment. Yep, it is. And then look who it is, but Mr. Sydney Weird Mustache Fletcher. Shithead Fletcher. <laughs> uh, and then this is when she reveals the third game. Ugh, gross. His suit in this scene is disgusting. It's like made of chrome. Did you notice how shiny his <laughs> suit was? Ew. Ew. Yes, I have. Sydney's wearing a stupidly shiny suit. <laughs> I have in all caps, his suit is disgusting. <laughs> looks like a mobster yeah well he got yeah anyways um so they're engaged and rose says it's very different the second time around is it is it really well it is because anyways (laughs) we'll find out more about mr fletcher later yes (laughs) stay tuned listeners (laughs) (laughs) um so then back at friday's house they discussed who may have paid berkowitz to pull it off 
Um, the box is still missing, so likely someone with a lot to lose. Yeah. And she's wearing a fantastic red velvet cape, I just want to note. Yes. Half cape. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And very, it's just a very beautiful color. Sort of a bullfighter look, you might even say. <laughs> yes, which um, is very handy for the next co- the conversation that ensues. Yes. Um, where Friday sort of starts, like, sort of complimenting Sidney Fletcher. Well... What is it? It's like she lists off all of his good qualities, you know. Exactly. He's tall. He's good looking. He's rich. He's charming. Yeah, yeah. He's shiny. And Jack says, <laughs> and Jack just sort of smiles and he's like, "Yeah, I'm no longer in that ring." Yeah. And it's pretty clear he's not jealous of Mr. Fletcher because he has other other interests. Which is interesting because we do know that he is kind of a jealous man. You know, he's not immune to yeah. jealousy. So it's interesting that he's just totally like doesn't care at all. Because I think yeah. you know, even if you didn't really ha- you weren't in that ring anymore you might still be jealous, you know, like that's your ex-wife. Yeah. But whatever. Oh yeah, I think you totally would be. But I think it's just he's kind of like in when he's with Phryne, it's sort of like he cares less. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's that's a wrap. That's it. My murder rundown is not going to be accurate because, well, no, it is still accurate. I just think I came to the wrong conclusion about <laughs> who actually set Berkowitz up to do it. But the murder rundown. So the Imperial Club, a gentleman's club offering entertainment of many kinds, has been known to have high-profile clients who are kept in a secret register with implicating pieces of info um, that Madame Leon is sort of holding on to. Um, George Sanderson has been conducting raids in the club in order to get at this info and presumably take down some high-profile people. Um, That seems to be his main motivation, not actually shutting down the brothel. Um, So during one of these raids, Berkowitz, an employee at one of the clubs that is being raided, is shot and killed. During the raid on the Imperial Club, Madame Leon is sick and entrusts her favorite um, employee, Lavinia, with a code for the safe of the secret register in order to hide it from the police. She does, but later, after she has been converted to Catholicism by weirdo Father Blackburn, she steals the box and calls Sanderson to turn it in. (laughs) So the doorman at the club and brother to the man who was killed during the raid finds out she's doing this and concocts a scheme. Um, he goes to one of the high-profile people implicated in the secret register. Again, this is the part where I'm, like, sort of, you know, thinking it might be the chief commissioner, but it also might be Sanderson, and it's not explained at all. Yeah, it's not clear. Um, So, kind of gets this plot is hatched, probably not by Berkowitz, but by somebody else, to probably by Sanderson, to set him up to take the fall and prevent the box from going public. Yes. So he writes Lavinia a note from Sanderson to meet at the house the evening of the murder. Um, Earlier in the day, he pretends to be an electrical man and drugs Sanderson's port. Then he leaves the club before Lavinia, sneaks into the house. After the housekeeper has gone to the movies and after Sanderson has been knocked out by the port, when Lavinia arrives, he strangles her, then locks the door from the outside with a magnet to prevent anyone from saving Sanderson. See, this is the thing. If Sanderson set him up to do it, that was unnecessary. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me, to be honest. It's very confusing. But why would it need to be, why would the door need to be locked from the inside? You would only do that if you were set, definitely setting up Sanderson to take the fall. Exactly. So then why would Sanderson set that up for himself? I don't understand. Unclear. I mean, maybe he still got the book from the guy. Maybe he knew who was framing him and 
he still wanted the book, so he, like, paid for it, but then, like, killed the guy to pre- prevent him revealing anything. I don't know. I don't know. But why would the door... <laughs> like, I think that's probably what happened, but why would the door... Why the thing with the door? Um, well, was... Wait, was the... Was Maurice... Or Maury, or whatever his name is, framing... Trying to frame Sanderson as revenge for the death of his brother? Yeah. So... So then Sanderson couldn't have set him up. Set Maurice up? Yeah. Why would he set him up to say... Like, the whole point was that he could get revenge on Sanderson. Like, that was the, the sell to Berkowitz, right? Yeah. I don't know. Because my theory is that the chief commissioner set up Berkowitz to do this. Oh, right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, so... Um, it's all very confusing. <laughs> anyway, so he locks the door from with a magnet to prevent anyone from saving Sanderson, um, but the housekeeper comes back and is able to call the police in time to break down the door, and it seems that Sanderson is trying to take down the chief commissioner, which is why he lied about talking to Lavinia, and I think he's playing the long game to take over the police force. Yes, probably. But none of that is really explained. <laughs> All right, well then, what was your worst outfit of the week? Dot's horrid peach cardigan get up. Mm, yeah, that was my runner-up, but I had to go with, in the end, Sidney Fletcher's shiny, shiny suit. <laughs> yeah, no, that that is arguably way worse than Dot's outfit, <laughs> because it just should be allowed. Yeah. Okay, best of the week? Uh, the fan dance costume, obviously. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's also what I had. Just I just wrote all caps, fans. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, murder method. Um, I had a four hmm. because, uh, I don't know. Maybe I should opt that a little bit. It was a pretty, like, complicated plot. I mean, you could stick with your, you can always stick with your initial impression. I, 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 I mean, you just strangled her. Yeah. Well, I gave it a 7.5 because, I mean, strangling isn't a particularly interesting way to kill someone, but there was some creative framing, you know, a, a yeah, magnet definitely. trick was used. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, what about best week? Um, so I actually put Jack for best week because, number one, he solves a tricky murder. Um, he sidesteps the rabid paparazzi. Uh, he sees Miss Fisher do a fan dance, and then he kind of gets to make his ex kind of jealous. And she also compliments him, you know? She's like, yeah, oh, yeah. Jack, you've got a little spring in your step. But then she's also, like, jealous of Miss Fisher, obviously. Mm-hmm. I've heard so much about you, you tramp. Stay away from my husband. <laughs> ex-husband <laughs> it's so different the second time around Ugh. who'd you have for best week i had Friny because she's a step ahead the whole episode plus she gets to up her flirting with jack that's true she does have a particularly good week yeah and worst week i have lola me too because yeah it was a rough week for lola yeah Although she does kind of make up with Dot in the end, doesn't she? Yeah, I think reconnecting with her sister is probably silver lining. But overall, like, just a crappy, like, her friend gets murdered. Her uh, almost fiancé turns out to be a murderer who murdered her friend. And then he gets murdered. And then he gets killed. Yeah, not a good week for Lola. Oof, not a good one, no. Um, what about new skill? Um, I wasn't sure whether to choose burlesque performer or using a grappling hook <laughs> those are my two answers mm. fan dancing grappling hook slash rope climb oh yeah i think that is probably quite difficult that was a, a tall building and yeah. yeah although the rope did have knots in it um sexual tension i had eight Ooh, i had nine yeah this is- yeah i mean there is there are some serious serious sexual t- i mean fan dance face and chest yeah the full boob 
to mouth contact just like sort right of right there. Yeah, yeah, just in it, just fully squished in it. Contact made. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah all right well i think that wraps us up for the week so next week we'll be talking about season two episode two death comes knocking i don't remember what this one is about but i'm sure it's it'll be great seance. oh seance i love episode. the seance episode love a good really? seance. Uh, i mean it's it's, i like the love interest and i like the yeah, jealousy yeah. i like the seance well yeah, and I'm ex- I'm very right. excited to be into season two. There's some really good stuff ahead for us, so. Yes, there is. I'm very excited. And it's a new year, so. Yeah, happy new year, That's listeners. Happy new year. Um, and as always, if you like our podcast, we invite you to rate and subscribe on iTunes. That would be really awesome if you could do that. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, reach out. We love hearing from you. So leave us a comment on our website. You can reach us on Instagram or Twitter or on Tumblr. Excellent. See you next week. <laughs> Bye.